Welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at Seven Grand, we had Mr. Craig Bridger in the house with Dalmore, one of the sexiest single malts from the Highlands known to man or woman or beast for that matter. Indeed. <laughs> That's a, I can't think of a better introduction than that. Cheers, everyone. Always drink responsibly. That means don't knock over your liquor cabinet and all the kitty cats you're drinking off the floor. Yeah, kitty cats do not need to be consuming 18-year-old single malt. It's terrible. It's a travesty, even for a kitty cat. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, oh goodness. That was an excellent slow clap. I'm finished and I don't remember starting. No, fantastic. Great. See, they're being really well behaved tonight because they respect your whiskey. I I think that's what's going on. Well, then I should take it with me everywhere so I can garner respect (laughs) at the DMV and all kinds of other places. It doesn't work at the DMV. No? No, no, no. Yeah, I I, I guess that does make sense. California DMVs are their own universe entirely. Mm. You'll never come out alive. But welcome to the Whiskey Society, everyone. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's a rainy Monday, so thank you for seeking your refuge with us. For once, and very infrequently I hear, we have truly some proper whiskey drinking weather. Yes. So I can't think of a better occasion uh, to crack into uh, some beautiful expressions of the Dalmore than when the temperature and the weather feels and looks like it does right now. Well, Craig, thanks for coming. You guys can give it up for him. This is a big deal. Dalmore right here. Come on. So... I always think of Dalmore as being kind of one of the sexiest single malt scotches in the world. Uh, Richard Patterson was your, your main master stiller. Is he, he still is. doing the work? And like that, that's, a, that's a great place to start. Pedro was just asking me about uh, Richard Patterson, who is um, a pretty famous individual in the uh, scotch whiskey world, uh, perhaps almost as famous for his presentations these days as he is for his whiskey. He's a third generation master blender. Uh, been in the uh, Scotch whiskey industry for well over 50 years, and about 50 of those years with the Dalmore. So you better believe he knows every cobwebbed corner of our Dunnage floor warehouses at the Dalmore Distillery. And he's been responsible for some of the most lauded, sought after, uh, and exclusive um, releases of, of, of Dalmore and, and the other whiskeys in the White and Mackay portfolio over the years. He was recently hailed the greatest whiskey maker of his generation. Wow. So it's, my, it's really my pleasure to work <laughs> under Richard and, and learn from him, and of course uh, get to uh, get to enjoy some of his some of his creations. But you don't do the, the crazy whiskey sling like he does. Like I, as well as bringing all this crazy whiskey into the world, yeah. he's also the guy who like pours it on the floor. All yeah, the time. yeah. If you guys haven't seen this, uh, do yourself a favor next time you're next time you're bored this week, and and do a do a little uh, YouTube search for Richard Patterson whiskey tasting. He's famous for talking to the whiskey as he noses it. He'll ask it how it's doing, um, and then he'll swirl it around and just fling it. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a 12-year-old or a 60-year-old, and people have had to be treated for heart conditions when he does that with the older whiskeys. I feel like that's something only Richard can get away with, so I don't, I, I don't do that. I have my own, my own version, and we'll leave the whiskey flinging to, to Mr. Patterson. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So Dalmore is kind of like uh, iconic in my mind. It's, it's got this beautiful, it's, it's a sweeter single malt in my mind. It, it, it's kind of like, I think the DNA is kind of being like orange and chocolate. Um, beautiful. And I think we've, I think we maybe have hung out before. Yes. That's, 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 that's about exactly right. Yeah, so I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but like, can you explain kind of what, what is the, 
kind of the mark that Dalmor offers to the single malt Scotch world, yeah. you know? What is, yeah. what is special about Dalmor? Because in Scotland, there are some hardcore Dalmor fans. You go into these little pubs, and they have these, like, old Dalmor marks up on the wall, and they, it's like you're going into church. They're like, oh, the Dalmor 35, yeah. Yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I love that you said that because Richard actually says himself that the DNA of the Dalmor is a chocolate orange. And as, you're coming, as we're coming around, Stephanie, I think it's coming around with our first taste, which is the flagship bottling of the Dalmore of the 12 year. And I think of everything we put out, it's the one that most right down the strike zone delivers that chocolate orange note. And to answer your question, what is the one thing that is most special about us? Well, I'm frankly spoiled for things to tell you, but if I can only mention one, I think the one most important thing is our access to some very exclusive, one of a kind sherry casks. A lot of sherry in the Scotch whiskey game right now. Well, even in American whiskey with a lot of fun finishes. But the Dalmore, because of a historic century-long partnership with uh, the sherry oh, producers at Gonzalez Baez, has access to sherry uh, casks that were first used to make this 30-year-old Oloroso called Methuselah. It's glorious stuff. So this is a huge point of difference for us. And, and the reason why this whiskey can be so silky with such a friendly, open mouthfeel and, uh, and that lovely chocolate orange note. So it's that sherry cask. Sherry cask, and that 30-year-old sherry cask. So, and that's kind of what Dalmore's known for, the use of those sherry casks. Yeah. Are you also using bourbon casks as well, or are you putting the sherry in used bourbon casks, or how exactly, what's the kind of the big the recipe of, of right. barrels, so yeah. to speak? Um, so, so unlike a, a few other pretty famous uh, uh, whiskeys out there, some, some you know, uh, incredibly worthy of respect, like my friends at McAllen, we do not age entirely in the sherry cask. We always start our new spirit in first fill bourbon barrels. And we're building that foundation uh, in the American Oak X bourbon barrel, pulling vanilla, coconut, tropical fruit. And then once Richard feels like we've come to full term in the bourbon barrel, we'll then pivot toward the different wine cask finishes that, that we're quite famous for using. And most famously, the Methuselah Sherry, which is in every single expression of the Dalmore, with the exception of the Portwood, which we'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be trying together next. Thank you. But, um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons why the Dalmore is always uh, quite delicate. I think, it's, I think of it as an elegant whiskey. It's quite subtle. Um, there's, it, none of these are sherry bombs, even though we're famous for sherry, and I think that's because we're not maturing start to finish in the sherry casks. As a, there's a pretty intricate process to make these whiskeys. Right on. So this first expression is? This is the 12-year. So 12 after year. nine years in those first fill uh, bourbon barrels that we spoke about, half of the batch. So imagine, uh, for argument's sake, a room or a dunnage warehouse that's got, let's say, 60 bourbon barrels. Half of those will be re-racked into the Methuselah sherry. The other half stay in bourbon. And after three more years, we'll marry them all back together to make this guy. So yeah. what's the capacity at the Dalmore distillery? It's not a huge distillery. No, it's not. So how much can you, how many barrels can you make in a day? Mm. Uh, in a full shift, or do you guys run two shifts a day, or do you just do one shift a day? Right now, I'm excited to tell you, after um, you know, doing, doing my, my modest part on behalf of this brand for the last few years, that the Dalmore is the fastest growing single malt Scotch whiskey in the world. Uh, in fact, it was just honored as a distillery of the year um, in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the China market. Uh, so, so, so there are places uh, around the world where this brand has absolutely caught fire, and I'm starting to see that happen here too now. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, every single bottle that's coming out of the distillery is on allocation. 
We're okay here in the US. It's a key growth market for us. So we've, we've seeded our distributors in the United States with all the cases that they'll need to grow. Um, but we will be uh, taking away some from some other markets where they're going to start to wonder where their 15-year is and some other things. And the distillery is running around the clock to try to, try to support that. We're, we're, we're tiny, to, to, to answer your question. I mean, I mentioned McAllen earlier. Um, you know, that, th that beautiful Speyside whiskey, Glenlivet, uh, Glenfiddich, these are all whiskeys that are, that are up over a million cases a year at this point for the world. We're, mm. we're, we're less than 100,000. So we, we, are, we are truly uh, a, a drop in that, in that malt ocean at this point. Right on. Yeah. So let's stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth, and this is a really rich whiskey on the nose, but tell me what that means for you. If it's a fruit, what kind of fruit is it? If it's a sweetness, where in the spectrum of sweetness does it land? Share your food words. There's no wrong answers. What are you guys getting on this? Dark chocolate dark, and raspberry, orange. Dark Good. chocolate and orange, you two should meet. <laughs> That's it, right. What else? Raisins. Raisins. White chocolate and mango. Ooh. That's fun. Vanilla. Absolutely. Yeah, the bourbon cast coming out for sure. Yeah, and same with the mango, I would say, is from the American oak. Yeah. Gigi, what are you getting? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely getting the cocoa notes. This is actually fantastic, but we get some really good fruit notes, but it's not the fruit. It's like the peel. It's got the tannin. Yeah, it's funny that you describe it that way because there's actually, um, in, in these bottles for the Canadian market, on the back it just says fucking fantastic. So it's just funny. You must have, you must have seen, I, she probably saw those. That's a Richard yeah. Patterson yeah. tasting note, as yeah, a matter exactly. of fact. It's like, not, not far from it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> But another thing that I remember, Richard was encouraging us to chew on the whiskey for a really long time. So can yeah. you walk us through a little bit of that experience? Sure. Uh, and, and I think Richard's probably not the only uh, distiller or, 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 or whiskey savant who you'll hear talk about this. But really, uh, taking your time with the, with the whiskey on the palate, in this instance, of course, it took us 12 years at a minimum to make it. We can take a couple of seconds to enjoy it. I like to chew on the whiskey and feel my salivary glands kind of kind of pop and activate and, uh, and, and really um, let it coat my entire tongue before I then slowly swallow the sip. Richard will actually uh, count down, you know, a 12-year-old 12, a 12 whiskey, he'll count down 12 seconds or he does this kind of symphony of like, keep it above the tongue, now move it underneath the tongue, now put it in the middle of the mouth and you're there going, can I swallow this yet? But, <laughs> but it's all to the point of getting you to really appreciate the whiskey the way that he wants you to. Yeah, you also have these yeah. certain taste buds on your tongue, they're called polymodal nociceptors. So you have the taste buds that just get different flavors, but the polymodal nociceptors actually salivate. That's a real word. Matt's looking at me like I'm nuts. Um, it, no, it's, it, it's when the taste buds that can also taste but also salivate. Cool. So as you're salivating, the way that your the water from your body is going to mix with the whiskey is going to change that flavor profile slowly over that span of 12 seconds yes. or however long yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. chewing on it. So let's do it. Put some in your, your mouth there. Splash it all around. Chew on it. Take your time with it. Thanks for coming out with yeah, me. Let's have our first you. taste. Salud. Yeah, Salud. Happy Monday, everyone. We're gonna get through this together. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you guys will think. And there's no. There are no wrong answers. No one can tell you what you what you knows and tastes. But for me, one of the things that's interesting about about the Dalmore 12 year that I don't always find with whiskeys and certainly with wine is that the the palate does not always follow what you think you've found on the nose, right? Oh. You think you've got something and then you taste it, whoa, a whole nother journey. But for, for, the, for, for me anyway, 
This one pretty much delivers what it promises. I get the, I get the, the orange zest, I get the chocolate, I get, I get certainly some vanilla underneath that, maybe a touch of clove, and then on the palate, there all those things are again with just a little bit of like fresh ground coffee uh, near the finish. Mm -hmm. But one thing you won't get, and the only way to fail a tasting with me is to tell me that this is peaty. <laughs> we won't get any smoke here, right? Because we certainly didn't use any. There is no peat used in any part of our production process at the Dalmore for any of our whiskeys. We're drying the barley essentially with steam, with hot air. Mm -hmm. um, so you'd have to, we'd have to go back in time and, uh, and, and capture a much early uh, bottling of the Dalmore to encounter anything that was us using peated malt. I'm getting a little like prune and graham cracker on this one. This is graham really tastes really mature for only being 12 years old. Mm. But that, also taking note of is that when they put an age statement on a whiskey, that just means that that's the youngest, youngest right. whiskey. So they can be blending down 15, 16 mm -hmm. year old whiskey. And mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet mm -hmm. at a small distillery where you're only cranking out 100,000 liters per year, you have to, in order, if you're having a spike, in your 12-year-old orders, you don't want to lose that market share. That's right. You're going to dump your 15 and your 16 into that 12-year. So we end up getting a really good bargain. You're getting much older whiskeys blended down into what we're calling a 12-year. You guys get that, how mature this whiskey is? It's got a lot of people, a lot of people comment on the, um, the great viscosity, the kind of the creamy mouthfeel that we, that we get at the Dalmore. And I think that that is a testament to to these sherry casks too because you know sherry's got a great kind of resinous uh, quality to it and and so does that european oak so so the, 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 those those very um personality full casks are gonna are gonna give us a nice mouthfeel in addition to the the flavor profile wow uh, what's the proof on this this guy's at a very gentle 80 proof 40 percent Wow, easy yeah. drinking. Yeah, easy drinking, for sure. Super. Yeah. What yeah. a wonderful sipper, my goodness. Ah, oh, thank you. Very I'm glad. Right. I guess it's been a while since we had it together, hasn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? Are you guys enjoying it? Uh, Ray, mm -hmm. But do me a favor, just out of curiosity, Ray, raise your hand if you're trying uh, the Dalmore for the first time. Wow. All right, so... Lucky you. So what the hell's the matter with you guys? No, I'm kidding. Uh, well, that, 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 that's great. I'm really, this, is, this is why I get excited about the opportunity to do things like this, because... In my humble, entirely unbiased opinion, this is a whiskey that is, that is really worthy of consideration in any conversation about some of the finest drams in Scotland, and I'm, so I'm happy you guys are, are getting a chance to encounter it. And so you guys are a Space Side or a Highland, technically speaking. Well, Te where exactly are you? Technically, uh, we're in the northern highlands of Scotland, uh, about 20 miles north of Inverness. And the distillery was established in September of 1839. Uh, that's when Spirit first started running off the stills. The name Dalmore, a uh, uh, fun little whiskey trivia fact, means big field, big meadow land in Scotch Gaelic. And in, in fact, the distillery was started on an operating farm. Um, so, so that kind of goes some way to it, explaining the reason for the name. And, and if you ever get out to see us, that is kind of what the land still looks like with these soft rolling fields. It's very rural, it's very pretty. And that region of the Highlands, the Speyside region technically is inside of the, the larger highlands. Oh, absolutely. But you know, the thing about the highlands is uh, this is where we can get in sometimes into um, a little bit of an unhelpful uh, conversation when it comes to regions. Because um, I think traditionally uh, we've all tended to go, okay, these are the lowlands. They make these kinds of whiskeys. Here in the highlands, you have this style of whiskey. And on Isla, they do this. And I'm not sure that that's that's necessarily uh, so true anymore because with modern techniques and with everybody wanting to push the envelope and try new things and innovation, um, you, you can make, I could make an Isla style whiskey 
at, at a facility that I built right next to the Dalmore if I wanted to, but establish local culture, water source, uh, elevation, and what type of whiskey you want to make will all certainly go some ways to determining what style, but it's hard to generalize about the Highlands because it's such a huge area. You know, you've got everything from Old Pulteney, Glenmorangie with the tallest stills in Scotland, making that extremely delicate, very, very floral whiskey to something that's kind of heavy and fat and friendly like Dalmore. And so you guys have more like bulbous oh, fat yeah. stills, like Big. shorter squatter stills? Like what does the Dalmore still look like and how many of them are there? We have eight stills, four wash stills and four spirit stills working in tandem. And the, the crazy thing about our still house, this is another unique part of our story, we're the only distillery in Scotland that has uh, every still a different size and shape. That is um, counterintuitive and frankly really, really poor business because, right, think about it. If, I'm, if, I've, if I've got Craig's single malt and I start to catch on and I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna ramp up production, if I get new stills, I want them to be identical to the ones I already have so my new spirit will be super consistent. Well, as the Dalmore expanded over the years, they got different size and shape stills. And so we don't even have our new spirit until the four different spirit stills have all done a run and then we collect them all together. So you have to run through all, in yes. order to create that continuity, you have to use all the stills yes. on every batch. Yes, and, 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 and the smallest ones are quite beasty and, and, and squatty and don't, don't have a lot of reflux. We're gonna get a really heavy spirit up and out of that. And then we have some pretty tall lantern shaped stills that are gonna give us a much lighter floral spirit. So wow. we kind of run the gamut. It's unusual. So Stephanie just came around and offered you all a tasting portion of our second mark, which is... The is Portwood this? Reserve. The Portwood Reserve, oh my goodness. Azim in the front bar is probably having a heart attack right now. He loves this whiskey, this is his favorite. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got to talk to him about that. Uh, guys, I'm excited. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to uh, share this with you. I think the last time I did a uh, Whiskey Society we hadn't yet released the Portwood Reserve. That's true. This is the newest uh, addition to our family of whiskeys in, uh, uh, that, that we have. And also, it's the first time we've released a new whiskey that wasn't a ridiculous you know, limited edition that cost you a car um, since the cigar malt. So fun to have a new whiskey to talk about from the Dalmore that has an accessible price point and one that zeroes in on an influence that I've traditionally been quite fond of, the port pipe, which you'll see in the King Alexander in the Dalmore 25 years, should you be so lucky, uh, and in a few of our uh, much-loved limited editions over the years, like the Clan Mackenzie. We're, we're, we're as uh, exacting about our, our, our port casks as we are with our sherry casks. So we have a exclusivity with uh, Grams. So Grams, which as far as I understand, I, I could be wrong about this, but I've, I've been told that Grams is the only port producer that maintains its own team of coopers on site. So they have a team of six coopers, so they are taking their, you know, their barrel aging and their casks as seriously as we do over in Scotland. They're the only uh, 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 port producer that we're sourcing wood from for the Dalmore, and uh, I believe we're the only distillery that they're selling to. So with the with the with the Portwood Reserve, uh, after initial maturation in the first fill bourbon barrels, uh, which is our want, that's that's going to be consistent across the whole range. We'll move half the batch not into the Methuselah Sherry, but into ten-year tawny port from Gramps, and then right. bring it back together to make this. And uh, there's, another, there's another notable notable thing about this whiskey that I wonder if, 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 if your nose can discover or if any of you guys can discover as we're getting into this one. So we can smell the different port influence. What else, what else is 
Dalmore Portwood, stick your nose in this glass, breathe in gently through your mouth, and tell me what you're reminded of. Cinnamon, okay. Brown sugar. Cherry, caramel. Cherry. Who said plum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that would be part of the portwood, maybe those plum notes coming out of early. I'm so, thinking sometimes even prune yeah. is what I get from a tawny port is like that almost like a prune wine or something like that. I think that you know, definitely heading into that, you know, that kind of raisinated quality, but but for me, and maybe it's the marriage with with our spirit uh, and port. I get this like decadent, uh, like syrup. yeah, and but but rich rich plum, uh, raspberry, chocolate covered cherry. There's there's a there's a big red berry fruit note, and then certainly the maple. But what I was wondering if anyone if anyone would would pick up on, and you might notice it on the palate as well. Does this seem a, does this seem a little sharper or a touch a touch hotter to anybody? Yeah. So this guy's at ninety proof. This guy's at forty six five. So just just a hair over 90 proof, and the fact that none of you guys really clocked that means congratulations, you're all alcoholics. No. Fantastic. I'm in good company here. No. So, so in, our, in our principal collection, this is as close as we're going to get to giving you a sample straight from the cask. You guys don't do any overproof expressions. We then. really don't until, until we crack into you know, something from like the Constellation range or the 45-year or something like that. Um, I wish we would. I was really hoping this would be cask strength. That was my feedback to the to the distilling team. But Richard is a bit stubborn, and he wants to deliver the whiskey at, at a drinking strength that he likes, and that's what we ended up with. Well, I mean, that's very much American thing. We love bonded whiskey yeah. in the bourbon world, and so. Right. But you go to Scotland, and a lot of times people are adding a lot of water mm -hmm. to their whiskey. It's not un uncommon to be in a bar up in northern Scotland, and there's pictures of water on the bar where they're really adding you know, in a glass of this much whiskey, they might add four to five times parts. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very common. They yeah. water down their whiskey heavily. Yeah. So I noticed that some, some, some folks already got ahead of us, but um, uh, for those of you who have been so patient, I, I think it's about time we encourage you to take a sip of um, the portwood I already did myself. I'm yes. gonna go in again. All right, what are you guys getting? On the finish. Yeah, Andre. Uh, what, is, what is the uh, approximate age? It's an NAS, right? So I was wondering, what is the... No, it's a great question. Uh, for those of you who couldn't hear, it was a question about um, uh, uh, the age of, of, of uh, the Portwood Reserve. And, and then we also kind of term checked NAS. So if anyone has questions about updating your Whiskey Advocate subscription, this is the gentleman to talk to you later. <laughs> um, uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. This is a, an NAS or what, or what we, we, we colloquially refer to as a, a non-age statement whiskey, which doesn't mean that it doesn't have an age or that it hasn't been lovingly looked after in, in, in good casks, just that the range of whiskeys we've selected, typically, um, mean that it doesn't necessarily do us good to decide to put a number on it because we'd be identifying, like our earlier chat uh, uh, revealed, the youngest drop of liquid might not do justice to the oldest. Uh, I have it on authority from Richard that the range of whiskeys here is maybe putting us between like 11 and 13 on average. So let's call, let's call Portwood, you know, uh, a, a, a kid that just a couple days ago loved his parents and was a pleasure to be with and is now turning into a pain in the ass. So right around there. <laughs> well, I don't think this whiskey's a pain in the I ass don't at either. all. I don't What's either. interesting to me is you get that big, unctuous red fruit character. It's a heavy, heavy, dark red fruit. Mm -hmm. But then what that does for me is it accents the lighter citrus on the finish. Mm -hmm. I get this, that zest even comes up more strongly than, than on the first expression for me, like that 
orange zest. It's definitely more assertive on the finish for sure. And I'm I'm with you. I get I get the baking spice, the the holiday spice, the cinnamon gripping on the on on the finish. Right on. What but, are you guys getting back here? On the portwood, Dalmore portwood. A lot of heat. Yeah, that's that higher proof alcohol heat. Okay. What else? What are you guys getting? Chocolate covered plums. Beautiful. Excellent. Love it. Every every whiskey enthusiast's kind of like um, topic that they love to get into, in addition to to the non-age statement stuff, is the issue of coloring. And I'm not here to um, to to pretend anything otherwise. So adding a little bit of caramel coloring is a very traditional part of the whiskey making process in Scotland. And um, I would say probably about 99.9% .9 of the whiskeys on, on the shelf here uh, do make use of that. And Richard considers it part of his uh, um, job as the blender to make sure there's a level of consistency in a particular patina to each expression. Um, so we're not using enough of it that it would certainly have any kind of flavor, but there is a little of the, the chemical compound caramel coloring used, which is allowed by the Scotch Whiskey Association. Um, so the combination between Richard's deft touch there and the cask is what would result in, in that. But and are you guys chill filtering before it gets bottled? <laughs> typically we do, but, okay. uh, but the portwood is not. It's oh, no, non-chill filtered. At four, typically when you see things go above 46, you're, you're, you're likely not chill filtered. So we, didn't call, right, we didn't call it out on the, on the label, but, uh, but this one's non-chill. Right on. What do you guys think of that portwood? Port Brilliant, yeah? Definitely an iconic bottle with the beautiful stag yeah. emblazoned in silver on the bottle itself. Yeah. Some very expensive packaging. It is. It is not not an inexpensive whiskey to produce. Is now is now a good time to tell the story of the stag? Yes, please. Should we do that? Perfect. All right, let's do it. So while Stephanie's coming around with your uh, with your next dram, uh, the always alluring and seductive 15-year, um, I wanted to tell you the reason for the stag, uh, which uh, which is which is more than just uh, some people in a marketing room, believe it or not. Uh, this uh, this 12 point stag, meaning 12 points on on the antlers, or also known in Scotland as the royal stag, uh, right here links the Dalmore to a royal heritage that stretches back to 1263, and in that year, King Alexander III, at the time the the the, the King of Scotland, was out on a hunt with his lords and attendants, when, as the story goes. He was surprised by and set upon by a big pissed off 12 point stag. Stag charged the king. Some accounts uh, indicate that uh, the, the stag gored his horse and he was thrown from the saddle. But at any point, we know that at the last moment, uh, the, 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 the king was unprepared for this challenge. The stag had turned on him. And Colin Kintail, chief of the clan Mackenzie, felled the stag with his spear and saved the king. We know that this happened because the Grateful Monarch gave Mackenzie the right to use this symbol on their family crest, and they got a new motto which translated to save the king. And a few <laughs> centuries later... It's a great motto if you're the king. It's a pretty good one, right? <laughs> uh, uh, a few centuries later, Andrew and Charles Mackenzie, young entrepreneurial uh, whiskey makers, take over the Dalmore, and uh, the first thing they do is put their Mackenzie stag on the bottle. Every bottle of the Dalmore since 1867 has featured the Mackenzie stag in some some shape or form. So that's the that's the reason for the stag. So almost every one of you should have that 15 year in front of you now. Uh, so stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth, share your experience. What are you guys getting from this 15 year that's different from the Portwood and the 12 year that we've already tasted this evening? 
Just like it's like twelve cranked up. The twelve cranked up sweet. What kind of sweet? So what do you think of sweet? Is it is it cotton candy or is it molasses or where in between those two sweetnesses? He's not. This guy. He's relentless. He's not going to let you off with just saying sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Maraschino cherries. Maraschino cherries, honey. That's beautiful. What are you guys getting? Uh. Bacon. Bacon? Okay. Maybe ma can maple, can maple candy oh, bacon. No. Oh, it's all right. The bottle is fine. Oh, are you okay? Are you okay? First thing I check on. Uh, are you okay, Stephanie? Did you hurt yourself? That's about. That's about where the priorities are. And, and, uh, she's a lovely girl. She's a lovely girl. Okay. Thanks, bud. So. 15-year, a lot of people's favorite expression of, uh, of the Dalmore. Um, and, and as I, in my travels around the country, um, it's probably the one that people most often will tell me um, is, their, is, is their kind of the one they're most fond of. And it's also a great whiskey to indicate the process that we were talking about earlier, making use of sherry casks and the intricate multi-stage maturation way by, by, by um, way that we engage in making these whiskeys, I should say. To create the 15-year, we're not just using a sherry cask finish. We're using three different sherry cask finishes, three distinctly different types of sherry casks all go into making this whiskey. So I love to use this as an example of, of really how intricate and careful a process it is to make the Dalmore. After 12 years in bourbon barrels, the, the whiskey is split into three par parcels with, with, with a third of it going into the Methuselah sherry, which is an Oloroso a third of it going into another beautiful 30-year-old sherry called Apostoles, that's a Palo Cortado style, a little drier than the Oloroso. And finally, a third of it going into a 15-year Amoroso, which is an Oloroso that's been sweetened with a lot of the PX, the Pedro Jimenez sweet sherry, right? So I know that's a whole lot of sherry talk. Point is... Well, we want that. In fact, I want you to come back because I know that you also give sherry education. Yes. And you educate on all the different sherries as a way to better understand them and their, uh, their influence in whiskey. So we'll have to have you back for some of that, but I know well, it's gonna cost very, me, I'm gonna have to buy a bunch of sherry. You're very kind, uh, and credit where credit's due. Um, I know just the tip of the iceberg, but we've partnered with Gonzalez Baez. So when I host those uh, seminars, I work with uh, somebody from Gonzalez Baez to speak to their process and speak to their sherries, and we kind of tag team it, and it's a lot of fun. I would love um, to do that yeah. here sometime. So those two, those two dry sherries in a suite will be an adding their individual notes and complexities to, to this whiskey. And then, of course, all of it married together to create the Dalmore 15. So tell us what you're experiencing. Smell this whiskey, tap some over your tongue, chew on it for a long time, and then tell me what you're reminded of. I'm going yeah. uh, to kick it off on the nose. Initially, I always find this one quite nutty. Almond, mm -hmm. hazelnut, that, that sherry cask nuttiness comes mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. Golden raisin. I get, I get cashew, like a, a beautiful mm, cashew. Like cashew. Does anyone find that the that the, the orange note has got gotten a bit more candied? There's a sweeter, almost like an orange cream now. Yeah, creamsicle. Oh, you're like digging on the that finish. One. Like you get vanilla and yes. and orange, like a yeah, yeah, a creamsicle vibe. Finish. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and 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 then just a little kind of delicate spice on the tongue from those from the, I'm sure it's from the the, the, the European oak but yeah. always reminds me of you know holiday spice or baking spice all spice is what I'm getting yes. it's peppery yeah. but it's also got a beautiful woodiness as well mm -hmm. 
Right on. What are you guys getting over here? Anybody else? Share your experience, please. It reminds me of sticking my uh, finger in like uh, raw carrot cake batter. Carrot cake batter. I love it. The next time I come, I'm going to bring somebody to just transcribe all the tasting notes. These are great. Well, you can listen to it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah we got it. Playback, playback. But um, I'm noticing that the 15-year, to me, is even softer on the finish. Like, it's mellowed out a lot from the 12-year. It's not nearly as, as spiky as the, as the port wood. It actually is really easy on the finish. Yeah, yeah. It seems to really just give you that creamsicle vibe, and it mm -hmm. lingers, but it's very soft. When I have all of these in front of me at a bar, and I end up talking to somebody who's never tried the Dalmore, or sometimes maybe even doesn't think they like single malt scotch, the 15 is the one that I will buy, the, buy for them. That, that, that is such a fantastic introduction to what we do and also really to the world of single malt. You know, it's, it's so pretty. We have it on our wall. I know you do. Oh, yes, we do. And, and I guess that, well, that, this raises a question. So now that we've tasted a few, we're, we're, how, are we, how are we ranking these? Raise, mm -hmm. raise, your, raise your hand if you think the, uh, the, the, the 12 year is the best of the three so far. Okay, a couple lonely souls. All right. I'm not I, lonely. Okay, good. I love you. Uh, what about what about Portwood? Portwood Reserve. Okay, and so I'm guessing a lot of love for the 15, yeah? 15 year? Yeah, a crowd pleaser always. Yeah, you yeah. guys are so fancy. <laughs> You'll probably see the 15 clock in at around, depending on where you're shopping, like 115, 125 these days. There are there 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 are those. Uh, those bargains to find, if you know where to look, there, there are some retailers that, um, to my consternation, are, are uh, like not, not too far from cost. So they're, they're out there if you know where to look. Yeah. And anytime, in my mind, if you can pay less than $10 a year, if you're paying less than $150 for a 15-year-old, you're doing all right. You know, you think it's, it's, it's being care taken by some master blender, some distillery manager. Each year, love, you're I, only paying them $10 to take care of it for you and deliver it all the way from Scotland in oh, this yeah. beautiful bottle. I think yeah. it's a good deal. I like, I like the way you think. You know, I, it's, it wasn't that long ago, some of you may remember this, when uh, bartenders and bar managers would decide how to price a single malt by applying the following formula, $1 for every year. So a, so a 12 year was 12 bucks, a 15 year, 15 bucks, and 18 years, 18 bucks. And, Sometimes, some, sometimes there are still bars that you can run into if you ever like go on a cross-country trip or, a, well, oh, that, that Bowmore 18 is $18? Yeah. Okay, let's just keep doing that. That's fine. Let's put that bottle but, on the bar. Yeah, right? yeah, we'll just, just keep that just here keep for that now. right there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's a great deal. Jeez. Yeah. More bars like that. I know. <laughs> so, All right, so we have one more expression. Yep. What is this next one that's going to be coming around here, Craig? Okay. Yeah, so finish off. Show Stephanie an empty glass. Please make it easy on her. Yeah. There's a lot of you, and there's only one of her. That means she is awesome. And she has the whiskey. And she has the whiskey, yeah, which means yeah. she is powerful. So um, it's, uh, it's truly my, um, my, my pleasure to get to uh, talk about this whiskey, enjoy it on the company card, and 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 really, you know, make 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 the the elevating of it my my life's work because I do think it's a tremendously worthy dram. But my personal favorite, probably my all-time favorite, uh, is uh, the cigar malt, which is what we're coming around with now. And this is the whiskey that started my journey uh, into working for the Dalmore many moons ago when I was a bartender in New York City. I was working uh, at a spot called Craft Steak right across the street from Chelsea Market in the Meatpacking District that has since become Colicchio and Sons. 
but at the time it was craft steak, and I was the uh, I was the head bartender there, and we had some beautiful uh, uh, whiskeys on the back bar. I was just starting to learn about single malts and get excited because this was an era where you were still just as likely to see a bunch of dudes come in and order a round of Grey Goose Cosmopolitans as as anything uh, made from made made uh, uh, from grain and aged in a barrel. Ah yes. Yeah, it was a different time. Uh, but but we had the Dalmore cigar malt up there, and I fell in love with it. And I used to recommend it to anybody who had any interest in whiskey. Uh, and then when I made my first trip out to Scotland, before I worked for any brand, I, I just you know needed to get out there and was excited. I spent a birthday at the Dalmore Distillery. So this is kind of full circle for me now. And the cigar malt, in some sense, is the reason why. Like the name suggests, it's a whiskey that we created to be the ideal pairing with a fine cigar. Richard is a, Richard is a great lover of, of cigars. He especially loves his Cubans. Um, he claims that the Partagas number four, I believe, was the, the cigar he was, the stick he was thinking of when he was, when he was blending for this. If you don't like cigars, never fear. Most of the time that I enjoy this whiskey, I am not smoking. Um, and it's still just a hell of a dram. It's a big, full flavored, both sweet and spicy expression of the Dalmore um, that always reminds me initially on the nose of pancakes and maple syrup. So no cigar tobacco was actually used in the production no. of this whiskey, of course. Correct. But you're, you're, doing, you're creating that effect with the use of barrels. Right. So this has bourbon casks yep. and sherry casks. Tell us a little bit more of the maturation blend for yes. this one. Actually, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go further th uh, than that. For the, uh, for the true enthusiasts in the room, you may know that there was an earlier version of this whiskey uh, with packaging looked a little different that was just called Cigar Malt. It had a picture of a cigar, a cigar on it. And that was, a, that was the one I first fell in love with, uh, long gone now. And it was a marriage of, like the 12-year, of uh, bourbon barrel-aged whiskey and whiskeys that were finished in Methuselah Sherry at a different percentage than the 12 and a different age. This one here was, uh, was, was launched um, a number of years ago at the Ultimate Whiskey Festival in Las Vegas, the Cigar Malt 2.0, if you will, the Cigar Malt Reserve. And the difference here, the stocks are slightly older, and a portion of the whiskey, about 10% of it, is finished in Cabernet Sauvignon wine barriques from Bordeaux. We're working with Chateau Marbuzet for some of their casks. And the inclusion of the Cabernet is the game changer. That is what's going to bring that kind of red berry fruit, a little bit of that, I don't know, like that French oak spice that when you combine it with the other malts here, gives you almost the, the, the impression of walking into a humidor you know, at a, at, a, at a fine tobacco shop. So that's kind of underneath the pancakes and maple syrup note for me. So it breaks down like this to be more specific. Uh, as you guys probably all know by this point, initial maturation in bourbon barrels, and then about 70% of the batch will go into Methuselah Sherry, and 10% will go into the Bordeaux casks, leaving 20% to stay in the bourbon barrel for the length of the maturation. So Richard is fond of saying, 80% of this whiskey gets a new dress, gets some new clothes. And then we bring it all back together and bottle it at a robust 44%, 88 proof, can cut through the smoke of that cigar, or the dreary cold of an unusual uh, wet Monday evening in Los Angeles. Salud, salud. So let's have, let's have a little taste. Cheers to all of you here in the Whiskey Society. So tap some over the tongue. Tell us about your experience. No wrong answers here. 
Excuse so, me, the, the pancake with the maple yeah. syrup on it comes across so the show. like on the nose, the wedding does have that petrichor, that wet herb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, but I'm completely surprised by the texture of it. It's blueberries. Wow. Blueberry syrup. So nice. Blueberry syrup. Wow, that's, that's, a, new, that's a new one for me. All right, nice, I gotta, now I got to go back in. What are you guys getting back there? Anybody else? Share your experience, please. A little cigar box. Wet leather. Wet leather. Okay, great. I get a little weather, leather note in this sometimes for sure. Mm-hmm. I, now I can't get that blueberry out of my brain. All I can taste is blueberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really beautiful one. I would say in general, of the four we've experienced, this one has more earth-driven character to it than, than the others, right? I mean, I'm hearing a lot of the, a lot of the notes, you know, whether it's, whether it's um, the, the, right, right, or, or, or the match, or those, those kind of more, more kind of like earth-bound tones here, which, which, I, which I quite like. And I always love, for that reason, a uh, any any whiskey tasting that 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 ends with the cigar malt. Um, I feel like we've we've come on quite a journey. I, I hope that one thing you can get a sense of here, whether you whether you love these whiskeys or not, um, I hope you can get a sense of how deliberate we are uh, in in the in the creation of of very distinct personalities across the range. We're using different casks for different periods of time at different ratios for every single one of the bottlings of the Dalmore. So it makes them a pleasure to discover um, and, um, and a pleasure for me to, to, to get to talk about. Do you have a toast for us tonight? Do you have a good Scottish toast? Mm. You um, know, for the same reason that I don't wear a kilt, um, I, I, don't, I don't come equipped with a lot of Scottish toasts only because it, it would feel a bit like, a bit inauthentic or okay. playing dress up for a boy from San Diego. However, I do have a very heartfelt toast. All right. I always enjoy coming to see everybody at the Whiskey Society, and I want to thank you guys for um, making uh, me and my whiskey part of your evening and part of your week. Thank you for your good company and your good taste. Whiskey always tastes better in both. So, Salangeva, thanks for coming out. Salangeva. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show was produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember. <laughs>